This is April Moss from Turning Point USA's America Fest 2022 in Phoenix, Arizona. We're on day three, and joining me now is Michael Yoder, a very famous attorney in the conservative world. And for anybody who is uh, concerned about medical freedom, you've really been quite the hero for so many people. Although I know you well enough to say, "Don't call me a hero," but but you really are. I mean, I just look at it as doing what any person that's equipped to address wrongs would do, and. I decided that I would die on this hill fighting on American soil because we had, what, hundreds of thousands if not millions of soldiers lose their lives overseas on foreign soil to protect the rights that we have. And to see myself in a position where I could make a difference and I could make a change for the better, I can't ignore what's going on. I mean, I can't think of anything more selfish in that regard. So I threw my hat in the ring and started taking up these cases when very few, if any, lawyers were. I think I actually filed the first COVID lawsuit. Um, I tweeted at Biden nine minutes after he came out the executive order with the vaccine mandate. I was going to sue him. And 13 days later, I filed suit. Five days later, we got an, we, we blocked the uh, federal vaccine mandate. So Amazing. it's rolled from there. Well, you know, I know that uh, in recent and just in the recent months since I've known you and been following your work, uh, so many people are grateful for what you do. But you have a really interesting background. Tell us a little bit. Most people don't know this about you, about about your roots. Yeah. So, I mean, I was adopted at two days old uh, into a very low income family, went to high school, 495 out of 514 in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, three and a half hours to the closest city. Average income in the area was around $32,000. I didn't even know how to get to college. I had to quit playing sports to to go to the local university to get guidance on how to even apply to college. And I had to save by getting my own job and save $300, take the SAT. And, you know, people always talk about opportunities and people always talk about outcomes and they, they forget that America is a country that's promised and guaranteed us equal opportunity, but not equal outcome. It's up to us in what we do with those rights and, and the freedoms that we have. So when I started to look at what was happening throughout the country, I realized that the, the constitution and the fundamental principles upon which this country was created and founded were the driving factor in me being able to amount to anything because statistically I should have been aborted. I should have grown up in a low impoverished area and stayed there. I mean, that's what the numbers, you know, as a white Christian straight male, I'm statistically the least likely to get accepted to a university anymore. So the odds were against me. And the only thing that gave me the, the life that I have other than God was the constitution. So I will fight for that. So tell me about some of the new things that you're working on. We were discussing backstage a little bit ago about something very important. A lot of people right now are struggling because they've lost loved ones in the hospital due to the deadly protocols. And then, of course, they've been injured by these experimental mRNA shots. So you found uh, some interesting things out that I think the public needs to know about. Tell us about that. So, I mean, it really started when I started listening to the mainstream media narrative, not because I listened to it to actually take it as value, but just because I like to hear what they're squawking about. And I realized that everything that they've said throughout COVID was false. So when they said that the PrEP Act was a blanket immunity veil for everyone that's involved in this whole charade, 
I was like, eh, it's probably not true. And when I dug into the PREP Act, I see a singular sentence that says the PREP Act creates an exclusive federal cause of action for death or serious bodily injury. And as soon as I saw that, that to me signaled that there are elements buried within the statute that I can piece together. And for eight or nine months, I worked on just taking this massive law and breaking it apart because they, they hid the elements throughout various provisions and was able to piece together a cognizable claim that says here are the, you know, one, two, three, four, five, the list of elements that you need to be able to prevail. And I've begun filing the claims with the CICP, which is the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. It's the prerequisite, meaning you have to go through this program before you file a federal lawsuit. And I'm moving these cases forward because there have been so many people that died. There have been so many people that were injured by the vaccines or through other healthcare measures, such as putting people on ven ventilators unnecessarily or right. suppression of ivermectin, the, the prescriptions and the use of remdesivir without regard for pre-existing conditions or someone's medical condition. Or lack of informed consent. And in, in lack of informed consent, the worst part with that problem is that in order to bring a claim for, for lack of informed consent, the only authority that has that is a government official. So that's Merrick Garland's job to do. But he won't prosecute these right. claims. However, it does give good evidence of the intent to commit a or achieve a wrongful purpose, which is one of the elements. So mm -hmm. the fact that you don't have informed consent, why else are you treating someone in a way that they didn't consent to if it's not in their best medical interest? I mean, there's there's no argument that it's for their health. It's literally against it. Well, and so there is a, a limitation, correct? Do you have one year after you've been injured? Tell us a little bit about the timeline, because I know a lot of people watching are saying, oh, my father passed away back in 2021, but if it's past a year, is it too late? As it stands right now, you have one year from the date that the countermeasure was administered to file that CICP claim. I'm working on circumventing that because a lot of people are unaware of the case West Virginia v. EPA, which came out the same week as the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, and it got buried in that noise. But it's, in my opinion, one of the most consequential Supreme Court cases in the last decade because it, in short, prevents the ability of our government and Congress from punting their duties to create laws to the executive bureaucrats that are appointed. They're not elected officials, yet they're the ones that seemingly write the, the laws because they're carried out through these administrative programs. And it's like playing a board game with a five-year-old. They make up the rules and tailor them as they go. And now that West Virginia v. EPA case severed that and said, no, Congress, it's your job to write the laws. That's what you're elected to do. And that one-year statute is one of those things where they keep adding it in. It's, it's not in the actual PREP Act. It's not a law. It's in the Code of Federal Regulations promulgated under the you know HHS. And because of that, when they pushed it through, it got to the status as being what's called a notice, not a final rule. And it was six days before the West Virginia v. EPA case was decided. So once that was decided, because that rule had not been converted from a notice to a final rule yet, I'm going to be suing arguing that this was actually never enforced. It's not in the Code of Federal Regulations as a final rule, and therefore, because the Supreme Court decision would sever the ability to convert that or solidify that, then there shouldn't be a statute, and the result of that would be that anyone throughout the United States that was either killed or suffered a serious bodily injury as a result of what healthcare providers did through any of these countermeasures that we just discussed, ivermectin suppression, remdesivir, ventilators, the, the vaccine, they would be able to have a means by which they can seek justice. And that's what I want to do is, 
is, is hold everyone accountable and get yeah. justice for every single person that fell victim to this massive pandemic. And when I say pandemic, I'm not talking about COVID. It's, it's really repulsive when you get to the, the core of this and seeing what they've done to the American population and everyone around the world. You know, Mike, you are somebody who is a rarity because it's really hard to find lawyers who want to pick up these cases. Can you tell me, why do you think these other lawyers don't want to pick it up? It seems to me it would be easy money. There's people clamoring all across the United States saying, please help me get representation, help me you know, seek justice, and lawyers don't want to touch it. Well, I think it's. I think there's two things. One is, I, I, it's not like a car accident case where you know what's going to happen. These are uncharted waters that no one's ever litigated. No one's ever navigated these. The immense political pressure that you're under, the daily death threats that you receive, the political backlash, the fear of the unknown, the employer constraints. A lot of these big corporate law firms, they don't want to touch this stuff because it's it's political and it could it, it could shake the status quo that they have with their current clientele and these big companies that are paying them. Or Whereas I started doing these cases, when I first sued Biden, I, did it, I didn't charge a dollar from any of my clients because I cared more about the overall objective and I just didn't have the time. And I just put it in God's hands saying, you know, if I do the right thing, I've, I've always, and this applies beyond just law, but if I do the right thing, it's always going to pay back tenfold in, in terms of what the benefit or the reward is. So I just put my faith in that and I said, I will lose everything. Um, I'm willing to die on this hill, and I mean that to this day. So, you know, I think that there's more lawyers stepping up now, but at the outset, there were none of us. There, there, right. It was me and less than 10 other lawyers um, that all got together and said, like, let's take on the entire federal government, and we've very much so just disseminated them the entire two years. You're amazing, and I hope you communicate that to your uh, other lawyers, too, working with you, that we, the American people are so grateful for you. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me. My website is Yoder, Y-O-D-E-R-E-S-Q.com, so YoderESQ.com. Um, there's an intake form on there for anyone that was vaccine injured and also contact forms for other employment-related cases. And then social media, uh, both Instagram and Twitter, I'm Yoder underscore ESQ. Um, you might have to search in a bunch of different ways because I'm shadow banned on every platform. But um, that's where you can find me and reach out. I do respond to my DMs and stuff. So Yeah, you um, do. And I'm grateful for that. <laughs> that's actually how that's, we ended up here. So. It's so true. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Yes, thanks for having me on.